0: Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top you need to learn that you can't always have the answers and really you shouldn't you know sort of expect of yourself to always have the answers you know you get the most thoughtful uh, most well-rounded results from from asking those questions and engaging all of the folks on your team
1: this is the business leadership podcast and i'm your host edwin frondoso welcome how are you doing today thank you for joining me this is believe it or not episode number 78 and i'm really excited to share the conversation i had with laurie castleman she's an executive and advisor with a passion for building great teams driving industry innovation and maximizing business productivity Most recently, as Chief Health Officer at League, she was instrumental in bringing industry expertise and thought leadership to a high-growth tech environment, having 20 years of extensive corporate leadership and entrepreneurial experience in the healthcare and insurance industry. Prior to her tenure in the insurance industry, Lori was an executive with Buffett & Company, building one of North America's first digital health and wellness businesses. In our conversation, we discuss one of her leadership lessons that she followed that eased her into her decision-making process, how building relationships helped her position herself as as an emerging business leader, and why she believes creating a culture of caring shouldn't be disconnected from creating a high-performance culture. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Lori.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, first off, thank you for joining me. I know I know you've been pretty busy. Um, but before I get into that, Lori, why don't we start off by introducing yourself to our listeners today? Tell us a bit a bit something about who you are and what you like to do when you're not growing or leading businesses.
0: Sure. So my name's Lori Castleman. Uh, I guess from a personal perspective, I am first and foremost, the mother to uh, two amazing kids who are off off, uh, to tackle their first day of school today. Uh, I am am a lifelong athlete and fitness advocate. I've uh, done nine marathons, a number of half marathons, and uh, probably more recently have started tackling triathlons. So uh, pretty passionate about keeping myself healthy and staying engaged and competitive. Uh, And also I'm really passionate about uh, kind of giving back in the communities that I live and work in and am involved in a number of uh, different organizations that are focused on doing that, whether that's the local women's shelter uh, here in my community or uh, an organization like Tech for Sick Kids that I've recently become involved in uh, that's really supporting the $1.3 1.3 billion dollar campaign to build us a new sick kids hospital in Toronto
1: Wow that's amazing you um, you're an inspiration Lori I mean first off I know uh, you are a double parent I have one child so <laughs> I, I I hear having two kids is almost more than double work and <laughs> but and also you almost tripled me I, I've done I just finished my third not just finished I did three marathons I did the Chicago one last year so ah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, uh, it's a lot of things, and and really happy to hear that you're you're really involved in things in terms of passion projects and things that you really believe in within the community and stuff. So hopefully we could get more into that as we talk today. But uh, why don't we start off by telling about what you're up to now? I know, I know, just looking recently, you, you're actually in quite a bit of a transition right now within your career, and. And maybe you could talk about what you're focused on, and perhaps maybe what you're trying to accomplish for yourself or for the organizations that you're working with in the over the next the next little while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an interesting time to be talking for sure. I, uh, as you said, I recently made the decision. I would say, you know, it was a difficult but but very thoughtful decision to transition uh, from my previous role. Uh, I'd been working as a chief health officer uh, with an organization called League which is a scaling organization in the health benefits space, a fantastic organization. Um, and I did so so that I could, you know, really start to expand my horizons even further and accept opportunities to work with a number of scaling organizations. There's, you know, so much incredible activity happening in the tech space uh, here in Canada in particular, and uh, so many great organizations in healthcare, whether that's health tech and sure tech, uh, and so that's really what I'm doing now is working uh, more oh, as amazing. a consultant and, and advisor to and a number was, of organizations. Was,
1: yeah, no, that's it great. great. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I one thing that you just mentioned right at the top, Lori, and it's really intriguing and maybe because this is really present and I'd love to to really find out. I know you just mentioned it's, it was really difficult. It was a difficult decision to make. So I know this is to broaden your horizon, maybe your opportunity, but tell me that thought process and how you really, you know, a first thought about making this decision and and what really got you over to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the difficult part comes in, you know, the uncertainty of not necessarily knowing what lies ahead when you make a decision like that. Uh, And also, you know, it was an incredible organization. I worked with a great team. I had a great role there. So to step away from that, you know, took a great deal of thought as well. Um, I did so really, uh, you know, and I think this is a great leadership lesson too. It was really just about following your heart and following your instincts. And my instincts were telling me that there was, you know, there was more that I could do in supporting a number of organizations in really starting to navigate the landscape of working with insurance companies and bringing healthcare solutions into businesses I was meeting all of these incredible entrepreneurs that are building businesses, but really having a difficult time understanding that landscape. And based on my career, it's one that I'm very, very familiar with. So the work that I'm doing now is supporting, uh, you know, these organizations and thinking about strategy, thinking about product development and distribution, and how to partner with, you know, some of the existing corporations or large entities that are, you know, in the ecosystem.
1: Right, and correct me if I'm wrong, Laura. I mean that decision, that difficulty was you being you know when I look at your career, you've worked for many companies, startups, corporates, mm-hmm. but it was almost you taking your career and your and becoming an entrepreneur, right like that's really scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you know for me I, I've really I began my career in a much more entrepreneurial environment. so I worked right. uh, close to nine years building a company that we eventually sold off to a a large corporate organization uh, and then made the transition into that environment. You know, and for me, I think that uh, really the environment, whether it is, you know, startup, entrepreneurial or, you know, in the corporate space, uh, the decisions I've made about the roles that I've taken have been, you know, really less about the environment that I'm in and more about you know, the the type of mandate that I can take on and the people that I'm going to work with. So I've always been really focused on taking on uh, opportunities where there is an aspect of change or building or growth in what it is that I've, you know, been tasked with doing. And as I said, doing that with really great people that are, you know, sort of up for the challenge of of taking on that change together.
1: No, that's great. And there's really important lessons there, Laurie. And from what you're saying, I, I'm sort of like trying to read between the lines as well. But for someone who is listening and hearing you say, you know, I want to take, you know, a mandate of it's not the environment, but taking on these projects or these initiatives, like how did you position yourself throughout your career to to take on these these type of roles that, that allowed you to grow?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, one of the most important things, you know, as you're thinking about, you know, starting to build your career or, or really throughout your career as well is building relationships and building a network. I mean, we talk about that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you you can't say enough about how important it is to get to know um, whether it's people in the industry that you're working in or outside of that industry, uh, people in the organization that you're working in. I think that's where you find the greatest opportunities just starting to get to know people and what their mandates are and then seeing where this a connection between your strengths and what you have to offer and perhaps their business mandate.
1: And I guess for you when you do find something or, or something that's aligned to to what you're really passionate about or something you believe you could help, is it just a matter of, you know, that that relationship is there? Is it a matter of you being more assertive and telling them, hey, why don't we work together?
0: Yeah, I think it's about idea generation, right? So so whether that's coming up with, you know, ideas myself around where I think there are opportunities for change or, you know, as I said, in building those relationships, getting to know um, what others perhaps in, in more senior roles have been tasked with doing in, within an organization and then being able to really kind of hone in on, you know, how how do your strengths fit in with the mandate that they have? I think that's where you can build, build an incredible network is to find ways to solve problems for others that also create opportunities for yourself.
1: What's really interesting is is for individuals who are changing roles, changing organizations, the team and the people, they obviously change around you as well, Lori. So I, I'm really curious, how did you adjust yourself to continually grow as, as an effective leader throughout your career?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, so I would say when, when I think about my career, you know, I, I started working when I was 12 years old. I worked, mm-hmm. you know, all through high school, probably one of, the, you know, my my most interesting jobs was the job I had in high school, which was as a bank teller. And I felt very fortunate to get that job because it taught me some really valuable lessons very early on. Um, you know, one of those lessons being just how incredibly important it is to listen to your customer and to understand their needs and to build relationships with your customer. Um, Ultimately, I think in many organizations, you can get disconnected from your end consumer. You know, and I think that's, it's a tremendous miss because, you know, really we're, we're only here if our consumers are buying, right? And engaging with the products that we're offering. And so, you know, as I said, I learned that lesson uh, quite early on, and it's carried me throughout my career. So, in each role that I've taken, uh, one of the things that you know I, I do to adapt to, to any new role is to start to get to know you know the people around me, and you know whether that's your peers or the people on your team or your customers. So, spend time with them, understand kind of what makes them tick. Uh, you know, understand what it is they're looking for from you, but also, you know, really ask questions about their knowledge and their perspective and what they can bring to the table. You know, I think the best teams, um, you know, they work the most effectively when all voices are being heard and all perspectives are being brought to, you know, the end outcome that you're producing together.
1: No, that's that, that's really important. And that's something I always talk about, Laurie, and, and you're really hitting home in terms of you know ensuring that all voices are heard. Um, mm-hmm. I know you were talking about you know different stakeholders, whether they're customers, employees. Are there specific things like if if someone that was working within your team, a younger a younger team member, and they, they're coming to you, Laurie, and they're like, hey. You know, give me some tips on on how to how to listen better. Like, what should I be listening for? How should I be doing this? Or is there something specific I should be doing, or some type of action uh, that I should do to to help me do that?
0: Yeah, I think um, it, so so really, it's about asking questions, right? So as you're building relationship and getting to know people, you know, continuing to ask questions about what they're doing, how they think about doing it you know understanding their thought process but also the the background and knowledge that they're bringing you know to the to the role that they're playing mm. um, you know it's it's sort of this idea of seeking first to understand right you know and i think that is one of the challenges uh,
1: that's really important uh,
0: I, yeah i was just going to say so i think that is one of the challenges as a leader is you know you, you need to learn that you can't always have the answers and really you shouldn't you know sort of expect of yourself to always have the answers you know, you get the most thoughtful, uh, most well-rounded results from from asking those questions and engaging all of the folks on your team.
1: Yeah, it's really important to ask the question and and really ensure that you are listening and really allowing yourself to to understand. And, and I really do appreciate that. And, and it really makes sense. I just want to change gears a bit, Lori, because you've you've obviously came through as you mentioned earlier in your career, you know, helping build helping businesses grow and getting acquired and, and going from corporate. And I mean, you've been around many, many types of organizations and, and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome just seeing your career from the outside, but how, what are your thoughts in terms of building a culture, you know, around caring within those type of high performance environments?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think the first thing is that we need to be clear that, you know, creating a culture of caring isn't shouldn't be disconnected from creating a high performance culture. I think the two go hand in hand. So organizations that, you know, are, are focused on ensuring that people can, you know, achieve their highest potential and can perform the most optimally. Really, you know, those are the organizations that are, are focusing on caring about people and caring about how to get the best results from those individuals So I I think really simply, it's about leading, leading with your heart as well as your mind. So, you know, as I said, getting to know people, really understanding what's happening in in their lives. You know, when you have a situation where an individual is perhaps not performing to their highest potential, and you're seeing that there's challenges with output, digging in and really understanding why that is. Right. So there there could be many reasons for that. In some cases, you've got an individual who's, you know, really, really skilled and talented, but perhaps they're in the wrong role. And it's it's not a great fit for the strengths that they have and they're struggling in that. And you know, if you're not asking the question, but you're continually pushing for those results, you may just create this cycle where you're continually disappointed as a leader or a team manager. And that individual is just continually struggling because they, they don't feel like they're able to achieve, you know, to their highest potential. So, it could be a role fit issue. It could also be challenges that are happening within the environment. So, perhaps there's, you know, there's issues with uh, other individuals on the team that they're on. And I do think that it's our roles as leaders to dig in and understand those dynamics and ensure that you're able to sort of remove barriers to, again, achieve those best outcomes. Um, But also, I think it's about understanding people at a personal level, right? So asking questions and showing people that you do care about them, building those relationships. In some instances, you know, it can be a matter of someone struggling, perhaps with a personal issue, perhaps with a health issue, And in, you know, in our organizations, we often have great resources that we can provide to support that person. But the challenge is often that people are afraid to speak up and ask for help. So creating an environment where you're opening that conversation and allowing someone to you know, to open up and to share whether it's a struggle or a challenge that they're having and being there to support them. So, I, I do believe that that is part of, you know, our role as as leaders and managers in the work environment to to identify those challenges and to provide those resources and support people so that, as I said, they can achieve their highest potential.
1: Right. I mean, you hit so many points, Lori. that it was... Really, it almost goes back to what you were saying just, just a moment ago in terms of just listening and, and really understanding people within your team, within the work environment, and ultimately see them as a person, right? Because you have no idea what's happening, maybe in their personal life, like you said. Um, do you, you know, was there a point in within your career that you're like, I got this aha moment that like, like these, you know, I need to really care for my team, as people, as you know, people part, you know, to deliver, um, deliver results, and also also deliver for themselves, right? Like sometimes there, when when I've talked to many business leaders, it's like, oh, you know, it was when I went to this point, or I was really hard on someone, right? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, they're they're a person too.
0: Yeah, I think there probably have been a couple of sort of aha moments, as you said. One in particular that really has stuck with me throughout my career was really early on. It was actually when I was in grad school in university and I was working as a, as a TA, a teaching assistant, uh, in, a, in a class that I was teaching in. And I had a, a really young woman who came forward to me and she you know, was on her own off at university and was really struggling with a mental health issue. And uh, she had been diagnosed with depression and she was having a lot of struggle adjusting to university life. And, you know, in essence, she was coming to me to, because she didn't know where else to turn. She didn't feel necessarily, let's say, connected enough into her family to seek support from them in that moment or any of the friends that she had in university life. Uh, and so it, what, it, it, what it really taught me early on was that I had this responsibility because of this leadership position that I had, you know, now found myself in to help her find the right resources. So that didn't necessarily mean that, you know, I needed to be equipped to, to provide, you know, all of that support myself, but I needed to understand what tools or connections I could make for her. And I was able to, you know, kind of navigate the university uh, system to find her a therapist that was available through the student union. And it just really taught me how critically important that is, because if I hadn't been able to navigate that for her and help her find, you know, the right connections to, to manage her own health, she may have been at a bit of a loss, right? So it just instilled in me very early on this sense of responsibility that i now had as a leader who you know was being looked up to to provide that support to to educate myself and to understand those resources so that i could be in a position to help someone.
1: That's a great example. Thank you for sharing, Laurie. I mean that that is something that that's really important and really happy to hear that it happened earlier on your career, because sometimes this happens, people don't realize it until they're, you know, within mid career or even later into career. So that's such an important building block in terms of really understanding people and, and really, you know, you don't know what what you don't know until you ask them. Right. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I see it. I mean, I really have seen it throughout my career. I've looked back on that moment, Mm -hmm. many in many different instances, because, you know, I I believe that it was a really great opportunity for me to learn that early on. And it's really, uh, it's stuck with me throughout my career. So one of the things that I've been passionate about uh, in many different roles that I've had, you know, and as I said, I've been in the healthcare and insurance spaces throughout my career. um, I have always looked for ways that I could become involved in supporting our clients, so supporting other businesses, in finding resources to make available to their employees to support their health. So really, it was a great opportunity that helped shape, you know, uh, much of the focus uh, that's been there throughout my career for me as well.
1: Hey, biz leaders. I hope you're enjoying the conversation that I'm having with Lori. If you'd like to keep in touch, please join me on my free private Facebook group where I share insights, answer questions, and connect with other Emerging business leaders like you. Go to businessleadership.com slash FB group or search for the business leadership group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. So as we talk about individuals who look up to us as as business leaders or managers, you know, with this trusted advisor within someone's, someone's lives, I'd love to get your take, Laurie, on some of the ways that, you, you know some of the ways that you effective ways that you were able to develop people into into business leaders themselves
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think I think the opportunity uh, to develop others again, it's this great privilege that we have as leaders, so it really you know uh, thinking about where do individuals need to develop, so what are the skills that perhaps they you know they need to Um, become more educated around or opportunities where they need to apply those skills. So I think the, you know, again, it comes back to asking questions and getting to know the people that you're working with and understanding what their development path should look like. So what's best suited to them and then finding those, whether it's projects or, you know, specific opportunities in the day-to-day work that they're doing to develop themselves both as individual contributors, but also as leaders. So, you know, some good examples of that. um, If you have an individual who's really interested in uh, perhaps doing more public speaking or getting more involved in thought leadership, Mm -hmm. you know, finding an opportunity where perhaps, you know, you've been asked to present at a particular event or whatnot, and you can, you know, put that individual forward and really Advocate for them to take on that opportunity, um, which can feel like a great challenge to an individual at the time. I mean, if you're now being asked for the very first time to speak in a public forum and it's not something that you're all that comfortable with or that you've done before, but it's something that you'd like to do from a development perspective, then it becomes a bit of that you know kind of sink or swim type opportunity right so you you want that individual to have this big moment but you also want them to be able to shine in that moment so i think it's opening the door to create the opportunity but then also making sure that you set them up for success
1: that, that, that's really important i mean you know as you as you grow yourself within your career and all these opportunities come it almost puts this <laughs> this pressure on 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 on, the, on your team to to live up to who you are right Lori, so mm-hmm. but you're right, ensuring, you know, whether you have to hold their hand and really sit them down and, and prep them for them for that keynote or whatever presentation that you're putting them in front of. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer that people will rise to the challenge, right? And And if you identify the right challenges for the right people and then help support them in terms of how they rise to that challenge – It's so exciting to watch, you know, those moments where, you know, that opportunity comes to fruition and you see someone really kind of, you know, settle into that, that moment that they have to shine.
1: No, for sure. And and you get that proud uh, parenting moment, I guess, so to speak, right? Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of mentors, is there anyone, any, any person who had a tremendous impact on, on you as a leader, Laura? Like maybe someone who, who was a mentor to you?
0: Yeah. So, so again, fairly early on in my career. So uh, as I mentioned, I worked in more of an entrepreneurial environment for the first nine years of my career. And eventually uh, you know, the individual that I worked with in that organization uh, took me on as, as a bit of a partner in, in really leading and driving the organization. Um, And I think he did so over time because he realized that, you know, I was finding Uh, new ways to assert myself and new projects to take on. I had become involved in many aspects of the business over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in many cases, you know, I really didn't necessarily have the education or experience to do so, but I educated myself, as I said, by, you know, asking great questions and really getting to understand all aspects of the business that we were building and, and going to him and asking questions, going to our clients and asking questions, and then, you know, kind of putting myself out there to take on new things. And I think the, you know, the incredible thing that I learned from him through that experience was that he took a lot of risks in allowing me to, you know, kind of have that forum to sink or swim because... You know, in some cases, there were, you know, really senior strategic partners that we were negotiating with, you know, let's say as as one example. And, you know, I would take the lead in that negotiation, or a particular sale that was really meaningful to our business that we really needed to be able to close that deal, you know, to to see the next level of growth that we were after. Uh, And he would step back, and that would allow me the opportunity to step forward. And Again, that that was a very valuable lesson for me early on because, you know, it taught me that as a leader, you need to really be able to identify those high potential individuals that you can make those bets on and support them in doing so. But you also need to be willing to step back because otherwise they won't get that full moment to develop and to shine, you know, for themselves. And so, you know, that, that stepping back aspect was probably one of the best lessons I learned from him early on, um, you know, in the way that he interacted with me as a mentor and a leader, but also, you know, in the way that I have translated that into, you know, my leadership style with, with teams that I work with.
1: Lori, can you name a person who has had a tremendous impact on you as, as a leader, uh, maybe someone who, who has been a mentor to you?
0: Yeah, so I, as I mentioned uh, earlier on in my career, I you know really began my career working for a very entrepreneurial organization, and you know the individual that I worked with in that business, uh, who was the owner of the business uh, and eventually took me on as a partner, uh, really became, and I think I, I realized this over time, you know, one of my earliest and most significant mentors, um, and and really that was because he found opportunities, you know, throughout the nine years that I worked with him to allow me to shine. So, and in many instances, you know, he did that uh, really by taking risks on me. So, you know, I, I, I was just the type of person when I joined that organization that wanted to learn as much as I could about it. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, very quickly started to, you know, kind of insert myself into various aspects of the business, whether that was, you know, our, our customer relationships or starting to understand our, you know, our partners or our products and thinking about new ways that we could support our customers and meet their challenges with new products um, and so he sort of allowed me the ability to do that, to, to insert myself in many cases into um, initiatives or, um, you know, cycles, let's say a sales cycle or a partnership cycle that perhaps I didn't necessarily have, you know, the experience or, you know, in many cases, um, let's say the education, given my knowledge of the product of the business at the time to do so. But by stepping back and allowing me to, you know, take the lead, whether it was in a negotiation with a partner or, you know, in closing a a really big deal that we were going after, that's where I learned the most. And, you know, he did take a risk in a lot of ways in stepping back and letting me lead those cycles. But, you know, ultimately, I was the type of person that rose to those challenges and figured out how to make sure that we were going to get the best outcome. And a lot of times that came with, you know, a lot of extra hours and a lot of hard work and asking a lot of questions. But I grew tremendously working with him, uh, you know, and some of those moments were moments of failure, for sure, mm-hmm. um, where perhaps I didn't achieve the outcome that we were going after. But it, it allowed us to build a pretty phenomenal relationship, because I knew that he had faith in me, I knew that he had confidence in me. And, you know, it made me, Want to rise to those challenges and want to um, really achieve the best outcomes for our business. And as I said, I eventually became a partner in the business. And it, what it also did for me is it it shaped the way that I sort of developed as a leader throughout my career too, because it was so meaningful to me early on that you know I throughout my career now have really looked for opportunities in, you know, individuals that have been on teams that I've led to find those moments where they can develop and where I can take risks on them and support them in really kind of stepping out of their comfort zone and and excelling. And I think that's, you know, that's really how we all grow the most is when we're the most scared and we're stepping the most out of our comfort zone and and sometimes in those moments of failure.
1: Well, and, and it's really important to have that person that mentor be there because you know they're there to trust you know they trust you and they're there to lead you and whether whether you're success or failure they're there with your back because because they want you to grow as well and and i'm really it's really amazing that you've had these sort of mentorships and these these experiences earlier on your career so it almost begs the question What else have you learned since then? Because this was probably a lot earlier, you know, maybe in the first half of your career. Now, Lori, right? So you must have learned learned from other business leaders, but this one shaped who you are, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's why you know this individual in particular sticks out as you know whenever I think about who's been the most meaningful mentor in my career, I do think of him just naturally as the first person, Um, and likely that's because it was earlier in my Mm -hmm. career, but you know, certainly I've had amazing mentors and, you know, sponsors throughout my career in, in each role that I've had. And I've also looked for opportunities to be, you know, to be a mentor and to be a sponsor to others as well. So, you know, I, I can't say enough about how important that is, um, you know, particularly for, for women in business as well to, mm. you know, to create those networks for themselves and to find great mentors and sponsors that will help them to grow their careers. For sure. Lori, want
1: to know if uh, if there's anything special that you're reading right now.
0: So that's a great question and probably a little telling of my personality. As well. so <laughs> I like I'm it. I like it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm reading two books at the moment. So I, one book is, uh, it's called Playing Big. It's oh. by Tara Moore. Um, it's more of a business book, really just about, um, you know, sort of knowing what, you know, what inspires you and what you're passionate about and making sure that you're, you know, you're playing big and finding your voice and, you know, looking for those opportunities on a a grand scale to, to assert yourself. Um, So that's more from a business perspective. Uh, The second is actually more of a, an area of personal interest. Uh, I found a book called Educated. It's by um, Tara Westover. It's actually a really interesting story. Uh, it's a memoir about an individual who uh, didn't step foot in a classroom until she was seventeen years old. So she grew up in sort of the outskirts of Idaho, and um, her parents were a bit of a bit unconventional, let's say, and um, so she grew up in a very uh, challenging home life um, and was challenged with abuse and you know lack of access to education and whatnot. And when she was seventeen, and uh, finally was able to get access uh, to a classroom and to education, she really just excelled from there. And her story is a phenomenal one. She eventually went to Harvard and Cambridge and uh, became highly, highly educated and successful. So um, I'm reading that one uh, really as a source of inspiration. I think it's a it's a really interesting story.
1: Well, that's. That's a great, great story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, We will, we will list those, uh, those two books on, on the episode website. So thank you for sharing that. Fun question, Lori. If I were to ask any of you or your team, I guess, present and past, your colleagues or peers, what's the best leadership quality that you possess? What do you think they would say? (laughs)
0: So, I think I am, a, uh, I am a very naturally competitive person, but I like <laughs> to think of that as a good thing.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> so, you know, as I said, I've, I've been an athlete my whole life and uh, have done a lot of races and competitions and whatnot uh, personally, and that's always carried over into my business career, really in in looking for great business challenges to take on and trying to you know motivate teams and people around me to tackle big challenges and to kind of come out the other side and excel um, whether that's something that we're building or a challenge that we're taking on as I said to close a piece of business Um, I think that competitive spirit can be um, it can be inspiring and it can be a lot of fun and you know I've certainly heard that from people I've worked with over the years.
1: Uh, No, I mean, competitive, and and you might actually scare some people, right, Laurie?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) I like to balance that with, as I said, coming from a place of caring and, you know, really trying to build positive cultures. But like I said, I think high performance and, you know, really genuine, positive, healthy cultures can go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, definitely having a blast, but before I slowly end, I'd love to know what else is going on. In your life, Lori, like do you have any other special projects, initiatives, or or perhaps something fun that you're looking towards and really excited about?
0: Yeah. So I have become quite involved with Move the Dial over the last year. So you may be familiar with Jody Kovitz, who's the CEO of Move the Dial. I believe you've interviewed her as well. I, I have, yes. Yeah, Jody's become a very good friend. And I'm I'm really, really inspired by the work that she's doing with Move the Dial. So I became an advisor and started working with her early on. I've done a lot of work with her over the last few months. And uh, I think there's some really exciting things uh, coming from Move the Dial over the next 6 to 12 months. And, um, you know, so that's certainly an area that I'm passionate about, advancing and promoting women, both in business and in tech. I think the stats are, are pretty alarming and I think it's incredibly important for, for our economy that we really look for the opportunities to open doors and, you know, sponsor and support women that are just, you know, beginning their careers, but also women that are looking for new opportunities, whether it's to sit on boards or become involved with new projects. So, I'm, I'm quite excited to be working with Move the Dial and uh, lots to come, including a global summit in November um, and a number of other great initiatives.
1: Well, definitely keep us in the loop. We here, he, even personally, I love Jody Kovitz. I know I had interviewed her uh, over a year ago, so it was even before. I mean, she had already initiated the Move the Dow uh, movement, but now, I mean, twelve months later, it seems like it's tenx since <laughs> since I first interviewed her. So, I'm, I'm we're so, I'm, I'm so proud to see how it it as well. So, if there's anything we could do in our platform, definitely keep us keep us in the loop.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We'll do. Um, so before we end, Lori, any final thoughts, observations? Ideally, what what I'd like to share to the listeners today is some some actionable recommendation that they could they could leave home today.
0: Yeah, so I think I mean the biggest uh, so I guess piece of advice that I would give is the importance of, you know, really finding roles and opportunities throughout your career where you can, you know, add the highest amount of value. So, look for those projects that perhaps are a bit scary, but you know, you know, whether it's based on your education and your background or, you know, the people that you would be working with, you know that there's value that you could bring and find a way to get yourself involved, right? So, don't necessarily just wait for the opportunities to come to you. Uh, Don't be afraid to reach out. You know, my father always used to say to me, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? If you ask, the worst thing that can happen is that you're told no. And if you can get comfortable that maybe it's going to be a no, but you don't let that hold yourself back, then all kinds of interesting doors and opportunities can open for you.
1: That's great. I'm definitely going to have to play this recording to my young daughter, Lori. Thanks. So thank you for sharing that. That's definitely applicable for everyone uh, getting into into business leadership or even life as well. So to close, Lori. Please tell us where we could find more information about you. I mean, anything you're working on or anything you'd love to share with us today.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm very active on social media. So you can certainly find me on LinkedIn or Twitter and, uh, you know, follow some of the different initiatives that I'm getting involved in.
1: Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 78 with Lori Castleman. If you want to learn more about Lori League, Move the Dial Movement, or anything else we discuss, please go to businessleadership.com slash 078. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to your podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.